G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Our special guest through this coming hour is Dr. Camille Magdaly, who leads Teach All Nations and getting ready to come back to Australia. Bible teacher and futurist Dr. Camille Magdaly, just getting ready now, just nine days away from getting on a plane from the UK. He's ready to return to Australia for this year's Understanding the Times tour. It'll start in Queensland, it'll move to Victoria. It'll then move to Tasmania, then back to Victoria, and then across to WA. And this will be the eighth annual Understanding the Times Australia-wide tour. And all of us get to participate wherever we might be listening to our conversation today. Dr. Camille Majdali leads Teach All Nations, and we'll have a live stream event that's being planned for the 12th of September highlighting the theme of the tour called Turning the Corner, Bringing Clarity to Confusing Times. Dr. Camille Majdali will be speaking into the new normal that he says is neither new nor normal. But it is our absolute privilege to welcome to the 2020 program for this next hour, Dr. Camille Majdali. Camille, welcome back. Thanks, Neil, and hello, Australia. We're speaking to you from the UK, and I must say uh, we are humbled by the fact that you've stayed up late to talk to us. I think it's one thirty in the morning where you're talking to us from. Uh, Camille, uh, you're coming about nine days away. You'll be jumping on the plane. Um, it's the eighth annual Understanding the Times tour. There's been an upset or two over the past couple of years with COVID, but uh, there must be a few reminiscences of some uh, highlights and some of the issues that you've had to go through to, to actually get in front of people over this past eight years. Uh, what do you remember most fondly about the Understanding the Times tours so far? That's a great question, Neil, and not easy to answer because there have been many, many highlights. But I think for me, what has been incredible is with my wife, Leanne, to be able to travel literally across Australia from you know, Tasmania, all the way to the Kimberleys in Western Australia, uh, other parts of the outback. Uh, It's just been incredible. But I think what's been most humbling and wonderful is meeting people who literally traveled for hours to get to the meeting to hear what I had to share on current events in the light of God's word. I remember one couple flew 1,500 kilometers for the event another guy uh, in northern territory he's not there anymore but he heard of the meeting at 4 p.m and then he drove for three hours to get to the meeting at alice springs literally he made a snap and spent the night in alice springs to be at the meeting the next day so these kind of things are very heartwarming 
Well, there's been some wonderful stories that you're able to relay from the tour of past years, and uh, I've had that privilege of uh, being with you on some legs of the Understanding the Times tour, so I can vouch for the fact that uh, listeners, when they get to see you live, uh, look forward to that opportunity. Uh, Let's talk about some of the things you'll be discussing, talking about turning the corner, because... I know that one of the issues is that things have been accelerating by way of change and even things just since the beginning of the pandemic to the present time have changed dramatically. This is a very fast pace we're looking at here, Camille. It is very fast pace and the changes are great. Now, I've been teaching the subject of world trends since the 90s and one of the themes that I distinctly remember highlighting is we live in a time of great and unexpected change. Now that's saying so in the 90s. (laughs) It appears we're really truly in the thick of it in the 2020s. And change is not easy for people to handle. Even younger people don't like radical change because it brings insecurity. But we've had all kinds of things coming our way since the start of 2020 like COVID or Ukraine wars or disputed U.S. elections or or now energy crises with everyone being threatened with higher uh, petrol costs, higher heating costs, and so on. It really almost is an overload. But I want to highlight the fact that these changes aren't happening in a bubble. There is a very strong spiritual component. And the spiritual component is ultimately all important. It's the forces of darkness as well as the forces of light, the forces of God, in other words. And the Christian, especially one that's born again and led by the Holy Spirit, is uniquely qualified to respond to the spiritual forces in a way that brings great victory and overcoming power. But we need to, in the midst of the change, know who we are, and know where we stand, and hear the word of the Lord, and tomorrow will not have to be faced with dread. It can be faced with joy and confidence. And that's part of what we want to do at Understanding the Times, highlight and give insight for what's happening today, so that you will have hope for tomorrow. When I introduce you, Camille, as a futurist, Uh, That's because you include into your presentations insight into Bible prophecy. And there is this, as you're beginning to describe there, a spiritual component. And it's not just uh, prophetic things that look towards the future and things that we might see revealed and coming to pass uh, from the end times teaching of the Scripture. But it's all about the ethical dilemmas that we're facing today there's a spiritual component. There's those things that motivate and even demotivate the believer. These sorts of things are dimensions that are spiritual and you're bringing those as you're talking about the the rate of change that's happening in the world. I indeed am. And the fact is, it really ultimately, what we're seeing, or at least what we're perceiving, because the spiritual side we don't see, we just know, is a clash a clash between two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness. And the Bible is very clear. The whole world lies 
under the realm of the wicked one. It tells us in First John. When we talk about the world, we don't mean the mountains, the trees, the, the sky even, uh, the waterways. We're talking about the world system that has been hijacked and corrupted through sin. So we have that realm, and of course we have God's kingdom realm, led by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We know who wins, but somehow we are involved too, to see that win come to pass. And part of the win is doing the work of the ministry, which is, of course, the Great Commission. Great Commission is evangelism, of course, but the Great Commission ultimately is about discipleship, making people into more and more like Jesus himself. So we have this clash of kingdoms, and both realms are in overdrive at this current time. But when we understand again what is happening and why it's happening, then we will be in the optimal position to know what to do. And once you know where you're going, you're halfway through winning the battle. So this is something we want to highlight. You introduce a fascinating dimension when you start to talk about those things because there's an expectation that as Christian believers we have of prophetic fulfillment. These are things that God has predicted that will come to pass into the future. But the effect of looking at those things has a major impact on how we actually uh, understand and move in those things that are in our present and facing all of the challenges that we do, whether they are those ethical dilemmas, uh, whether they are the challenges of fulfilling the Great Commission. So understanding where we fit in the whole process is uh, is a really big motivating factor for the believer. It indeed is. That's why we have an Understanding the Times tour, to help people to put themselves in the picture, make sense of what they're reading and hearing in the news, but also to be an incentive that this is not a time to be a half-baked, half-hearted, uh, segmented Christian. In other words, you're Christian on Sunday and you're normal the rest of the week. This is a time to get serious about one's spiritual life because ultimately everything that you need comes from God and God is a spirit and we worship him in spirit and in truth. This is a time to be on fire for God and not to do it as it used to be. Because ultimately, everything you need, everything you desire, everything that points to your future comes from God and no one else. So this is a time to get personally revived that you might be part of the greater prophesied end-time revival that is surely on its way. Camille, every Aussie listening to our conversation will have their own thoughts about what's happening in their local church, uh, the events that we're seeing in the headlines on the news. I'm wondering whether you've got a perspective of what's happening in the UK, which has been home for you over these past few years, uh, whether there has been a real challenge that's been presented for the churches. Because in a pre-COVID world, churches were bubbling along. You might even say flourishing in so many ways. COVID hit. 
uh, lockdowns, uh, people disconnected from their local church, and there's been a challenge in actually getting that disconnection uh, broken and for people to get back into church life and uh, almost overcome with uh, with might be a bit of a malaise about whether I should be in church and whether my spiritual life is as important as you are explaining it there. Is there a comparison you can bring about what's going on in the UK? Is it something similar to what you understand might be happening here in Australia? Well, good question. And to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure I can give the most accurate assessment UK, as you know, is far bigger than Australia population-wise. I would say the church scene, from my perspective in the UK, is different to the Australian one. However, the response to COVID may be very similar. It, of course, hit every church hard. And many, of course, went into Zoom. In fact, just about everybody went into Zoom. And I know of one elderly lady till now she will not go to church she's zooming everything and this is a socially active elderly woman one who's friends with everybody was the mayor of the town at one point and and all this she has not been back to church since covid started so that's two and a half years that would not be unusual and even when I go to church, they're still doing Zoom services, even though there's an in-person service. So I suspect that it's pretty much the same, although bear in mind, I haven't physically been able to be in Australia and observe this firsthand for three years. So that's why (laughs) I hesitate to give a full throttle Uh, analysis on that particular question. No doubt you'll have an opportunity to check the pulse uh, when you're visiting church, after church, after church, in the cities, in the towns, even remote communities on your Understanding the Times tour. Uh, Getting on the plane nine days from now, there is an online event that is scheduled for the 12th of September, an introduction to Turning the Corner. And then, of course, the in-person tour will happen from Queensland into Victoria to Tasmania, back to Victoria and across to Western Australia. And then there'll be, at the end of the Understanding the Times tour, a deep dive event uh, for 2022 where world trends uh, will be discussed in light of Bible prophecy. And that'll be across a number of Monday nights in November. Exciting things to come. Helping you make sense of life culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316 to join our conversation. Our special guest this hour is one of our favourites, Dr. Camille Majdali, who leads Teach All Nations, uh, getting ready for a live stream event that's coming up on the 12th of September, highlighting the theme of the upcoming Understanding the Times Tour, Turning the Corner, Bringing Clarity to Confusing Times. Uh, Camille, uh, talk back line open, one 316 We'll take some calls in just a few moments, but let me ask you about perhaps your other home. You've got a home in the UK. You spent so many years as home in Australia, but uh, people can hear your American accent. That was home for you as well. You keep a close eye on events in the US. They've got midterm elections coming up. There's all sorts of controversy around a raid on Donald Trump's home. Uh, what are your thoughts for the sorts of things that uh, people ought to be looking at in relation to the United States at this time? 
Uh, first of all, some of what we are seeing out of the U.S., I want to assure you, is not normal. Raiding Donald Trump's house is not normal. <laughs> Raiding anybody's house like that is not normal. It has everything to do with the midterm elections and with an eye to the election in two years' time in 2024. Remember, midterms is where you vote for the Congress, but every four years you vote for the president. Midterms every two years, right? And at the moment, it looks like the Republican Party, the party of Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan, is poised to uh, have a red wave. That's if there's no overt interference. And, of course, the party that's currently in power by a very slim majority, and that's the Democratic Party, is working overtime, passing bills and other things to get their agenda in the fore before they lose power. And, of course, part of the power is having investigations. So while the Democrats are in charge, they will investigate Trump or anyone that supports Trump and then the reversal is anticipated when the red wave comes. But what is happening with Trump himself? Absolutely unprecedented. It is not normal. It's not even, I would call it a new normal. It is, it is a clash. And it's a clash between the establishment and, shall we say, they call them the patriots. Some call them white supremacists. They're not white supremacists. <laughs> Many of them are not white at all. But it is a cultural civil clash. And I would dare say it is the greatest schism in American society since the Civil War of the 1860s. It's a long time in coming, and now it's being brought to a head. It is challenging. It is dangerous in many ways, but it is also very opportune because at the same time as we're having this clash of worldviews between a biblical Christian Judeo worldview, which the United States was founded on, and the more cultural Marxist New World Order globalist green worldview, these two are colliding. But in the midst of that, God is moving. And this is something we must not lose sight of. Oftentimes, when there is trouble like this, it's because the devil wants to thwart what God is doing. Just remember when Jesus healed the gathering demoniac, prior to him arriving on the shores of Gadara, there was a storm on the Sea of Galilee, the lake. Now, that storm didn't just happen in a bubble. The spiritual forces in Gadara knew that the Lord was coming, and they just stirred up the water to try to slow down his visit, if not inhibit it. So don't be surprised at the fierce storm that's happening, because a great deliverance is on its way. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call or two. Nick is in St Albans in Victoria. Hi, Nick. Welcome along. Good, good morning, Neil. Uh, I, I, I just listened about one and a half hours of your discussion, and I, I love to, to say a few points, but please don't stop me quickly. Let's start uh, with one. Start uh, with in, one point, Nick. Yes. Okay. In, in, first, in, in our country... For a long time, my question is, who gives the right to policemen to kill people with one bullet in the heart? The lady, nurse lady, told me, we heal them, 
they kill them because mentally sick people, it happened a few times that they kill because they come with a knife. Uh, second, uh, in, in, um, not long ago in uh, New South Wales, they handcuffed the mother in the front of children. I talked to two policemen here in, in St. Albans, where I live, and they said, oh, this is our secret. What kind of secret is this? Men belong to God. Men don't belong to men. Why you have to kill them? Russia and, uh, and Ukraine. Will you, Neil, leave your enemy to come with the airplane in, in the front of your house? When they bombard my country, Serbia, with no reason, they want to, to get us colony, but yep. we never give up. Uh, Nick, let's just come back here for a moment. Rather than move on to a, a separate topic, I think uh, issues around police is where your first point was about, and, uh, uh, and the thought that uh, police these days tend to shoot to kill rather than shoot to maim. Uh, that is uh, perhaps a perception that we all might have. But Camille Magdaly, have you been monitoring uh, issues around law and order and the way police are responding? There's been some challenging incidents that mean police motivations might have been changing. Any thoughts here for Nick? Well, very important topic which we're still trying to come to grasp with. Here in the United Kingdom, the issue with police is not so much brutality, but getting them just to do their job. Now, don't get me wrong, many are doing their job per se, but what has happened is there's been more, shall we say, thought police by the police. In other words, going to someone's house and arresting them because they didn't like what they posted on Facebook as opposed to actually trying to find real criminals. So brutality is not an issue here. London is having, I don't know if I would call it as far as a crime wave, but they don't have guns in the UK like in the US, so they just use knives instead. And an 87-year-old man on a mobile transport thing was cornered and, and murdered in cold blood in London, no apparent good reason, and all that the authorities could say is, well, it must be the unemployment. Nothing to do with people's evil in their hearts. It's just unemployment. So that's there. But I understand in Australia, there's been issues of police brutality, particularly in Victoria, or at least there's been reputed incidents of it. My th philosophy is simple. We do support police. And frankly, we should be praying for the police and cooperating as much as, of course, we humanly can. At the same time, they're like everyone else. There can be corruption. There can be people being rogue. And that needs to be dealt with too. But you see, in a free society, there is accountability. And that balances things out. When the accountability is lost, then disaster is waiting at the door. <sighs> Interesting to raise this, and uh, while we've got Nick here, Nick was taking this on to another point, but we're only just a minute or two out from news. If we're thinking about Christians and law and order uh, submitting to civil authorities, police are a part of that. Sometimes we think of government when we're talking about, say, Romans chapter 13, but uh, really those who are enforcing the law, they are the ones we need to be giving a level of respect to, uh, not that they're beyond reproach, but a, a level of respect that actually uh, enhances the way they do their job. Any quick thought here from you, Camille? Well, I think as believers in Christ, we should be role models in all things. And one of them 
especially if there's an attitude of non-deference in society, is to show honor where honor is due. I believe that's a great testimony, and that includes people of authority, like the police. If you know policemen, pray for them, encourage them. But yeah, let's do the right thing, set an example, take the lead, which I often hear, and let's just do our part. When we are compliant and when we are respectful, you usually go much further than being defiant. Camille, before we take things a little further, why don't we take a call from another listener? Wayne is on the line from Mackay in Queensland. Hello, Wayne. Welcome along. Hey, how are you, mate? Very well, Wayne. What are your thoughts? Well, mate, I'm glad I'm a Christian. And uh, as Dr. Camille was saying there, you know, our mandate is to to, to reach out to other people with the, with the uh, commission that God's given us all. I mean, being... Like being a Christian, I mean, we, we know the teachings that God's given us not to allow fear, uncertainty and doubt to get into the road with this with this epidemic and everything else that's happening around the world. So, you know, it is a time. These people that are unsaved and haven't got God in their lives, they're full of fear and they're using all the wrong things to cope, like drugs, alcohol and everything else. And, um, yeah, we, we've got a big job to, to carry out and... and as I said, I'm glad I'm a Christian where I can just depend on the word of God, not allow fear to, to come at me the, the way that the enemy would want it. Wayne, you raise a very important point in the way you're describing those things because being a Christian is not just about having a nice feeling, uh, but being a Christian and understanding what God is doing helps us deal with all of the challenges, including the fears that we're up against because of all of the massive change that's going on. Camille, what are your thoughts for Wayne in Mackay? Well, first of all, thank God for Wayne's faith and his victorious testimony, what he just brought. I think that, first of all, as I said earlier, this is a time to invest in your spiritual life. We have answers to the questions people ask, and to the situation that's ever, you know, ever changing. Remember something. We were called to build our lives not on the sinking sand, but on the rock. And that when you build your life on the rock, which is Christ Jesus, you will be able to withstand all of life's storms and do so effortlessly. And to be on the rock, we have to hear and do what Jesus says. Very important. We do have a challenge, Neil and, and Wayne, and that is biblical illiteracy. People don't know the Bible like they once did. And that's, of course, what I do as I teach the Bible so that people will live their lives in a God-honoring way and be able to cope with the changes and challenges that we face but very, very difficult, in fact, impossible to do if they just don't know the word. And, of course, there's the Holy Spirit element that must not be neglected either. But I thank God that Wayne is thankful that he's a Christian. It is a wonderful thing to say, and it is a wonderful reality. So, Wayne, I would just say, let your light shine in Mackay and wherever you go. 
Wayne, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own question. You might have your own thoughts. You might even have a critique for our conversation. 1-800-316-316. Just before the news, uh, we were talking with Nick Camille, and uh, he was raising some issues around Ukraine. I know that this is one of the uh, challenging things that you'll be bringing and uh, as part of your presentation. Uh, if we're talking Ukraine, and I know that uh, Nick was going to take things uh, deeper too into uh, what was happening in Serbia and those sorts of things, but uh, thoughts around uh, where we're at right now because somehow or other you can feel like things have eased because the media is giving less attention to what's happening with the Russian in- invasion of Ukraine. What are your thoughts on the importance of this event? Well. The war in Ukraine is very important, but I wouldn't gauge its importance by what the media does with it. (laughs) We've all developed a fairly healthy, shall we say, suspicion about things from mainstream media. And I'm not one to normally go on about the mainstream media in a a negative way, but let's face it, they uh, highlight what is convenient and all the rest. Far as Ukraine and Russia goes, first I'll just make a few general statements. One is it's a tragedy for everybody when you've got one Orthodox Christian country fighting another Orthodox Christian country. That's just horrible. The second thing is there's disinformation, misinformation. I've I've shared this before. Very hard to get to the the truth about it. The third thing is we need to avoid simplistic explanations, although that's something I also try to do is at least make things as clear as we can. But this is not simple. We're talking about a thousand year history between Ukraine and Russia. But just remember something about Vladimir Putin. He has made some interesting comments, nothing directly related to Ukraine, but it tells you who he is. He's not buying into Western wokery. And not only that, he has said, I've, I've read the statements myself, translated, of course, from Russian, where he says, not only we are against the wokery that's trying to be imposed on us from the West, but we actually had all this a century before when the Bolsheviks took over. Now, this is coming from Putin. I'm not saying this to justify any war. I do not justify war. I do not justify people being displaced from their homes. I don't justify people getting killed. Of course not. But at the same time, we're not being told the whole story. And we have to be incredibly discerning. In fact, really, it's a matter of prayer, Neil, that we can understand how to pray for Ukraine, because it does affect the rest of the world. If not, if energy for Europe, wheat from Ukraine being shipped to the other parts of the world, it does affect the rest of the world. We need to pray for a quick resolution to this tragic conflict. 1-800-316-316. If you have a question or a comment uh, for our special guest, Dr. Camille Magdaly. Camille, simplistic explanations. And sometimes in the news, the media only has time to bring 
uh, one perspective. Uh, but as you say, things are complicated. There is the left and their perspective. There's the right and their perspective. And then there is the Christian perspective based on a biblical foundation. This is where you have uh, the opportunity to dive deeper. And part of the upcoming tour is going to be this deep dive opportunity. And that's going to really highlight the Christian dimension in how you look at all of these events. Indeed it does. And I just want to say to our listeners, that's a great ad that was played for the tour just a few minutes ago. But it's not a come to the online event or go to the in-person. I'm saying come to both because the online event is only just the introduction to the main tour. It's You're getting a little more information and a little more, I believe, inspiration when you do both. So please, it's not a carbon copy, the main event to the online tour, or sorry, the online event. But the deep dive is going to look at world trends and Bible prophecy, something that I, I, of course, I touch on, but I can't go that far in a message that lasts a little over an hour. So we will look at these things in more depth. I know people will find it incredibly interesting, and I believe they will find it inspiring too. Okay, so there is the introductory event that's coming up on the 12th of September, and you need to register for that, and you can easily do that at vision.org.au, the Vision website. Uh, Then there's the in-person tour, and as Camille says, uh, 60 minutes is not all that much time to get deep into these world events. But the deep dive that follows that, and this will be coming up in November, you might want to just uh, set some, uh, some times aside to be a part of that deep dive event because that's when you'll really be able to bring all those loose ends together and understand what's going on around the world and the Christian view of what's happening with the trends that are emerging now. Uh, We were talking about Ukraine and the Russian invasion. There's some other big issues and one of those is the global economies coming under pressure inflation, uh, the consequences that are ahead for us. Uh, We're predicting uh, in various uh, commentary opportunities we have on 2020, Camille, that things are going to get pretty tough uh, for for people who've got mortgages and trying to hold on to their home. And for those who are in a lower socioeconomic uh, place where the, the rising cost of living is going to be very, very challenging. Any thoughts here for the sorts of fears that come from changes in global economies right now? Oh, I've got a lot of thoughts on that. Well, first of all, in general, there's finance, energy, and food. Western elites have thought if we can control the finance, we can control everything. But it's actually food and energy that is far more important than finance. And that's one thing. As far as personal finances and ability to pay mortgages and the fear of financial stress and failure, I urge you to come to Jesus. And I don't mean this flippantly, I mean it with all my heart. Come to Jesus, learn what it means to walk by faith and not by sight, and walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Again, This is an opportunity to put first things first. The spiritual life and the kingdom of God must be the priority. Because what happens is, when you do come to Jesus, 
you also part of a kingdom that will never end. And you're not only part of the world economy, you're part of God's economy. And God's economy can overwrite and overrule the challenges and the disadvantages that are happening in the global economy. It's kind of like it, during the time of drought in the days of Elijah, God provided for Elijah at the Brook Cherith and at the widow's home in Zarephath. God took care of Elijah and God will take care of you too, friend, whoever you may be. But you have to begin with simple childlike trust in the Lord with all your heart, all of the time. Don't try to figure it out in your head. Let the trust and what the Word of God guide you. Acknowledge Him in all things. He will direct your path and He will provide for all your needs. A generational issue here, Camille, uh, because for the older Christian who's interested in the biblical understanding of how we might interpret the times, but you've got a younger generation who are coming into this what will be anticipated being tougher times economically, never faced this before in their lives. Uh, Those who are in older generations might have seen some uh, global financial crises and uh, various recessions and downturns and might have dealt with some of those things that have caused there to be a little more resilience. But there's a younger generation that's emerging that's never uh, even felt uh, these challenging times. What are your thoughts for how you might encourage a younger generation at this point? Well, basically, Neil, I would encourage them as I've encouraged all ages, and that's pretty much what I just shared a few moments ago. I would tell them it's time to engage with Jesus, not just at a special event where you, where you have a lot of fun, and no, nothing wrong with having fun in church, no less, but it's important that you walk with him on a daily basis. I tell you, growing up, as I did in the Cold War, that was pretty frightening too, Neil. And Armageddon was never far away. But we learned to thrive in circumstances. That's why in the UK, because of what they went through in their history, particularly the Second World War, a lot of the older people are incredibly resilient. I mean, tougher than tough. So we have to understand if you face life in God, face it with God, walking with God, talking with God, and so on. He will take the fear away. He will give peace. He will provide. He will guide. He will even help you to overcome all fear because that's what Christ does so well. Perfect love casts out fear. So spend time with God and let his peaceful presence bring stability and harmony into your life. That's what I would say. Bible Foundations is where you're at, Camille, as a Bible teacher, and sometimes we think that's all separate to the hard times we're facing. So what hard times mean for some is different to others. Some will be thinking, this is a time to batten down the hatches, Uh, let the winds blow and the storms come, but I'm going to be safely tucked away and let it all try and uh, pass me by protecting myself but there is an opposite view to that and I'm interested in your perspective here because hard times for the believer and for the communities that we're a part of actually present 
unprecedented opportunity for people to know the living God and to connect with him and understand his purposes. Any thoughts here on the different way that you can think about hard times? You know, I remember Bob Gass, we all do, the late Bob Gass and the word for today, and he had some real pithy sayings. And one of them, in fact, he had two sayings. It had to do on attitude, like basically tough time or circumstances will not hold you back, but your attitude will. And the other one Bob said was a bad attitude is like a flat tire. Until you change it, you aren't going anywhere. Attitude, and especially a Bible-aligned, spirit-filled attitude, makes a world of difference to just looking at circumstances, bemoaning it, letting fear and fatalism take over. Massive difference. You would think a person in Christ is on another planet. They're so stable, so joyful, so victorious. But it is an attitude that we choose to adopt. That's why I say if people would be praising the Lord as much as they're complaining, we'd probably be in the thousand-year reign of Christ by now. It, <laughs> because it, it does make a difference. And I've learned help people, encourage people to put the spiritual life as number one. Put the kingdom priorities as number one. And for, for some, they need to discover their local community, as I have. I've been praying all around the world, but I just was confronted by Dutch Sheets in his Give Him 15 daily devotional. We should be praying for our neighborhoods, our communities, the people round the block. That was like a revelation to me. And I'm talking about this was very recent, just in the last couple of weeks. And I'm reminded myself, not only stay engaged with the living God, stay engaged with people who are nearby, whether you know them well, don't know them that well, or don't know them at all. You will get acquainted. Somehow, when we act locally and think globally, we're getting closer to what I believe is the will of God itself. So how this sort of thing works in practice, Camille, and I'm thinking as you're describing those things about our communities, uh, how role models Christians will be for how they handle the hardships that may be coming ahead of us, whether it's because of wisdom in their preparation or uh, how to handle those fears and stresses when they come upon them. But it's parents who role model these things for their children. So parents can't have a head in the sand. Uh, you've really got to actually uh, plan your intent uh, to be able to face hard times as a person of faith in God because your children will be dependent on how you actually do that. Any thoughts here about just how practice, how practical all this is when we talk about faith and applied in the circumstances of difficult times? Well, where do we even start? The fact is, it's, it begins in the home. And I want to emphasize to our listeners, the home is so vital. It is actually the first school and the parents are the first teachers. And what we do in the home will have major ramifications beyond, especially with children and grandchildren too. So they watch, I, I noticed something, children, they don't miss anything. 
they're watching, they're listening, and then they will inconveniently regurgitate what you said and did weeks, months, maybe even years later. So it starts in the home. And I would even go further. It starts in the heart, the attitude, one that is biblically aligned, spirit-filled, versus one that's unregenerate, or maybe someone who's Christian, but they still have nursed the bad attitude. Everybody is watching, starting in the home. And if we can gain victory, and we can, it's available to us for the taking, if we will gain it, it's going to make a wonderful and God-honoring impression on all we meet. So, Neil, I just want to say to our listeners, I encourage you to come along to Understanding the Times, the live event and then the in-person event and the deep dive, because that's one of our goals in the whole tour is to help people become future friendly and future ready. Well, it will be the eighth annual Understanding the Times Australia-wide tour, and it's, as Camille says, more than a single event, your opportunity to become a little more immersed in how these issues, how a biblical foundation helps us uh, to be strong and to face the challenges that are upon us. Uh, Dr. Camille Majdali leads Teach All Nations. That online event, which will be the, the Wet the Appetite event, I think, uh, that'll happen on the 12th of September. I'm going to be part of that. It'll be like a meal with Neil and Camille, uh, something of uh, just a little bit of an in-joke that we've uh, perpetuated now for many years. Uh, so I'll be a part of that uh, event. The 12th of September, it's the introduction to Turning the Corner, and you can register to be a part of that at vision.org.au, vision.org.au. You'll be able to see that. Uh, so not just an audio event, like you're listening to on the radio, but a visual event uh, that you'll be able to stream, a live stream. Then there's the in-person tour, Turning the Corner, and uh, it's in Queensland, Victoria, Tasmania, and in Western Australia. You'll be able to check what dates and venues. You'll be able to uh, make your own opportunity to go along and see Camille deliver that in-person part of the tour. And then, as we mentioned, the Deep Dive event. The world trends in light of Bible prophecy over four Monday nights in the month of November, helping people go deeper than what can be done in a single evening presentation. So it is an opportunity to immerse in this. You can register to be a part of what's happening with the Understanding the Times 8th Annual a Tour at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Camille? Always good getting an update, and I'm sure that some listeners might have thought, oh, wow, uh, there's so many topics. I wish we could have gone deeper into a whole lot more, but uh, wonderful to talk to you and looking forward to the Understanding the Times tour. Thank you so much for staying up late to talk to Aussies who love your teaching message. Uh, really appreciate you. I hope you sleep well for the rest of the night, but thanks for being with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil. God bless Australia, and see you at Understanding the Times. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.